0: Have you ever emailed your doctor seeking reassurance about a weird symptom? Soon, that could cost you. Hospital systems have begun billing patients for this correspondence, noting that they eat up doctor's time. But a new study in the Journal of the American Medical Association shows that the fees could deter some patients from reaching out when they need to and could worsen health inequities. This is Pulse Check. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. Kentucky Republican Brett Guthrie was named chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee's Health Subcommittee this week. Guthrie told Politico he plans to prioritize work on drug price transparency, telehealth, addiction, mental health, and oversight of the CDC. Senior FDA official Frank Giannis, the agency's deputy commissioner for food policy and response, resigned this week. The move follows months of blowback over the agency's handling of a national baby formula shortage caused by bacterial contamination at a single facility. The FDA has said that it will announce more changes aimed at preventing similar failures in the coming weeks. And Ruth Reeder is here to chat about Amazon's newest healthcare venture announced earlier this week, a new prescription subscription for Prime subscribers for an extra $5 a month called RxPass.
1: Hey, thanks, Alice. I'm so glad to be here. So
0: this is this is some interesting stuff. But help us put it in perspective. You know, Amazon has signaled they're really interested in getting into the healthcare space with uh, several other moves they've made. So is this a big deal? I would say that this is
1: incremental, but. I want to caveat that in a really big way because, like, every time that Amazon rolls out a new healthcare thing, there's like a lot of upset stock prices of other companies, like plummet or whatever, (laughs) right? And so it feels like, oh my God, every time. And they've been doing this for a while now. So Amazon has been edging into healthcare since around 2017. And it's done that in a few different ways. First, Probably its biggest first move was acquiring PillPack, which is this prescription delivery services that, like, puts pills in cute little single-dose packages. And that was around um, 2018. Then it got into the pharmacy business itself, so it launched its own online pharmacy. It also had this joint venture with Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan, which was supposed to figure out a better, more cost-effective primary care Then that fell apart, and then it launched its own telehealth internally for employees, um, and it kind of expanded that to a few other companies, essentially. So it basically, like, offered it to other people, but then that folded. (laughs) And then it is in the process of buying One Medical, which is a primary care player out there already and, and I'll mention a few other quick things. It's Alexa product is HIPAA compliant. And I think it's done some work with the NHS around that in terms of like giving health tips at home. Um, and being able to sort of like offer like telehealth vaguely through Alexa. It also has a health wearable. And then finally, you know, it's cloud business has been doing a lot of work in the healthcare space, bringing hospitals and health systems into the cloud, getting them modernized, and then also selling them and piloting new AI services for healthcare. That seems like a lot, right? But as I said, there's sort of been like various degrees of success and failure here. And a lot of people would say that, you know, there's been quite a bit of failure. I would just caution that by saying that like Amazon as a company philosophically is a long game player. And I think we lose sight of that quite frequently just because now it is such a huge player in e-commerce, right? But I would just remind everyone that even 10 years ago, which is not that long, though it feels like a long time, Investors were like, will Amazon ever make money? And that seems laughable now, right? It has like almost 40% of the e-commerce market. And now e-commerce is actually sort of a substantial market. And so this new pharmacy bet and it's this new pharmacy subscription may not make a big splash immediately or like have much in the way of teeth Yet, but I don't know that I would underestimate Amazon's ability to become a force in healthcare or pharmacy in the long term.
0: And so, what are they proposing now? What is the thing that they want consumers to sign up for that will theoretically make a big difference in the drug space? So, right now, they already have Amazon Pharmacy. So, for Prime
1: members who are their subscription members who get free delivery for an annual fee of like, I think it's $140 um, or $14.99 a month. So for those members, they can now get their prescription medications delivered for $5 a month. For however many prescription drugs you're on, let's say four, let's say 10, you can get all of them delivered for $5, which seems like a decent deal. For now, there are only fifty medications that it's offering this for all generics um, and they say that they treat roughly eighty medical conditions.
0: So how do you sort of see this fitting into this space with other efforts to disrupt the the how patients obtain their medications. We've had a lot of hype about different models, you know, aiming to lower costs, but we haven't really seen a lot of that happen yet. Costs haven't come down for most people yet. So where, where do you see this fitting in? So it's interesting. It's actually,
1: it's competitive, but it is not yet the best deal out there. Um, so, so far what we have right now in terms of like cheap drugs, one of the longstanding companies as good RX, right? And they've made a lot of headway as a price comparison tool, allowing people to sort of just like see what's out there, who's offering the best discounts, and then get cheap drugs that way. Then along came Mark Cuban of Shark Tank fame, who's now launched Cost Plus Drugs. And that's a really interesting sort of new and innovative model. So what he's done is he's basically cutting out the middleman. He offers, I think now close to 1,000 drugs all generics again, and he offers them at the cost of wholesale plus like a couple fees. But it's still even with, let's say, a 15 percent fee or like a 15 percent markup and like an additional delivery fee, it's still really, really inexpensive Um, and probably the most competitive offering out there, especially because when you look, you know, he's had some time to build up a roster of drugs like nearly a thousand drugs compared to Amazon, which is only offering 50 right now. He's probably still ahead of the game so far. That said, I don't know that Cost Plus is really making a dent in pharmacy just yet. I mean, I think, you know, or at least we haven't seen that really reflected in, you know, with some of the other bigger traditional retail pharmacy players. So it's sort of interesting, like these these cheap drugs are out there it's taking some time for them to catch on. And as far as Amazon goes, yeah, you need to subscribe to Prime, and then it's an additional five bucks, so now you're looking at $20 a month as opposed to sort of Cubans a la carte model. It's competitive, but it's not not quite the lowest cost thing out there yet.
0: Thank you so much for coming on and explaining all of this. We're excited to see, you know, what actually happens and whether it actually helps people. Totally. Thanks so much again. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of Audio at Politico. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein subscribe and follow pulse check for a new episode every day and subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting pulse future pulse and prescription pulse thanks for listening